0: seven. Stand Good morning, Mets fans. Well, I guess we finally lost the game last night to the Phillies. It was a tough one to lose, no doubt about it. Uh, Especially when it's the Phillies and they're red hot and we're red hot. We want to prove that we're the hotter team. But you can't win them all. And uh, I guess to sum it up, Starling Marte's costly base running gamble is what did us in. And the Mets saw their six-game winning streak come to an end with Friday's 2-1 loss to the Phillies in 10 innings. Now, since coming back from the IL, Max Scherzer had posted a 1.37 ERA in his seven starts. But the Phillies jumped on him early, with Bryson Scott ringing a leadoff double off the wall and right before coming home to score on Alec Boehm RBI single. Scherzer struck out two in the first, but also allowed three hits. Scherzer Scherzer got into more trouble in the second inning as the Phillies loaded the bases with two outs. But the veteran got out of the jam by getting Boehm, To harmlessly ground out to shortstop. Still, the Phillies had five hits off Scherzer over the past first two frames. But after the bumpy start, Scherzer settled in nicely, putting up six consecutive scoreless innings to keep the game tied through seven innings. Scherzer won seven innings, allowing one run on nine hits with six strikeouts and no walks. And as good as Scherzer was, Phillies starter Roger Suarez was just as crisp. The lefty only had four strikeouts, but he pitched a contact and kept the Mets off balance, while also making some great defensive plays of his own and getting solid defense behind them. Suarez won seven innings, allowing one earned run on three hits with four strikeouts and two walks. The Mets' only offense against him came in the second inning, when the Mets had runners at second and third with no outs and scored one run on a Mark Canna sack fly. Eduardo Escobar got the start at third base, but he was pulled from the game before getting in at bat. Escobar had a couple of tough defensive miscues in the second inning, including a ball that got a piece of him at third. Then, to start the top of the third, Jeff McNeil exited the game, forcing the Mets to move Canna to third base and Louis Yorme, who had pinch hit for Escobar from third to second. Tyler Naquin replaced Canna in left field. The Mets later announced that Escobar suffered right left-side tightness and will go further imaging, while McNeil suffered a right-thumb laceration. Kanna played third base for just the fifth time in his career, and the first time since 2016. He got his first chance in the top of the fifth when he fielded a one-hopping ground ball with ease and made a perfect throw to get J.T. Realmuto at first. Adam Adovino replaced Scherzer in the 8th, and though he allowed a Nick Castellano single and a stolen base, got out of trouble with back-to-back strikeouts of Derek Hall and Juan Segura. With the game still tied, Edwin Diaz came on to pitch the ninth inning. Diaz, electric as ever, needed just 8 pitches to retire to side in order, striking out two Phillies to keep things knotted at 1-1. In the bottom of the ninth, Sterling Marte got things started by Rocketing a Sir Anthony Dominguez hanging slider to right for a double. A Francisco Flindor fly ball to center moved Marte to third, and Pete Alonso was walked intentionally to put runners on the corners. The Mets called on Daniel Vogelbach to pinch hit, and he lined out to left field. Marte broke for home, but was napped on a strong throw from Matt Vierling, sending the game to extras. In the 10th, with Michael Givens on the mound, the free runner stopped, moved to third on a fly ball, and then came in to score on a bombsack fly to right, as Martes' throw home couldn't be handled by Thomas Nito behind the plate. The bottom of the inning, with trade deadline acquisition David Robertson on the mound, the free runner Vogelbach moved to third on a can of fly out, but an Naquin strikeout looking and a Yorme ground out to first ended the game. It's a tough way to lose, tough all around, a little frustrating, but those things happen. Now, the Mets and Phillies move on to tonight to play game two of the series, and it should be one hell of a matchup. Jacob DeGrom versus Aaron Noah are the starting pitchers. Should be a fun watch, and that game is on WPIX tonight. Now, here's Max Scherzer talking about the game yesterday.
1: up and uh you know was able to from that point forward uh to get back in the zone you know throw first pitch strikes didn't walk anybody uh and when you do that game you know it gives me a chance to um you know pitch deep into the game and so that's what i hang my hat on is i was able to get through seven after you know being you know 40 plus pitches through two innings. so um you know that but that the only reason i was also able to do this because we had some great defense tonight you know and don't worry, made a couple plays uh you know tonight and uh you know, guys. Were, guys were just playing good defense behind me as well. So, um, you know, in that, in that type of situation, you don't try to pu- try as punches as many tickets in that situation. You just you're trying to just collect outs and, uh, and not walk anybody. So, uh, you're gonna have to rely on your defense a little bit in that situation. And uh, you know, the guys came through for me after a long first couple of innings. Do you actively try to lean more on the defense and be efficient with your pitches? the the rest of the way? Um, you're just trying to sequence and, and um, not, le- not not get long at bats and walks. You know that's that's how you get out of there in five innings. You know if they continue to grind you and foul pitches off, you walk batters. You know that's what runs your pitch count completely up. Um, you know typically when you have a high pitch count like that, then guys get a little bit more aggressive or uh, in the count. So if you can sequence, uh, you can uh, find some quick outs. So uh, you know I was able to do that, and, and like I said, defense was able to pick me up in that situation. On the expansion. What have you kind of learned about the character of this team? Obviously, you went down, and now um, you know Jeff, Eduardo potentially down. I mean, what have you learned when this team has had to overcome some obstacles over the course of the year? Yeah, we've done it all year long. Uh, you know, no, no, you know more guys are going to get opportunities to uh, go out there and have success. And uh, every time you know, somebody's gotten that opportunity, they've gone out there and done something about it. So, uh, you know, that's a great thing about what we've done as a team is we play team ball. Uh, it doesn't always have to be the best guys; it can be the right guys, and everybody who's gotten their opportunity has done something with it and that's the definition of a great team and that's why we we have the record we have so far um but like you said those you know losing those two guys will, will, will definitely hurt uh they, they provide you know some good value to us and then what they can do on both sides of the ball so um you know whoever gets the opportunity and you know, they're gonna have to go out there and uh, you know they got big shoes to fill what makes that difficult out? um you know we're, we're getting into you know <laughs> this is division uh, you know when you get in division uh, you know you you start you know they really start keen on on what they can what they can do against you and they really start picking up on uh, your tendencies and they they get more comfortable with their at bats um, you know in, in the pitches and how they break against you so um, you know he put together some good at bats today um, and so you know. This is part part of Major League Baseball. You know, there's there's always going to be somebody that can go out there and, and uh, find a way to grind a bat and be able to get hits against you. It's it's you know what you do next, and so um, you know we'll continue to have good battles. You know, as we continue to go along. How much different does, in your eyes, this Phillies team look than they've looked maybe earlier this year? I don't know. Um, I've, I've I really haven't changed my opinion. I've I thought this is you know. The Phillies are a good team, very good team. Uh, They can beat you at any, you know, multitude of ways. And, um, you know, like I said, my opinion hasn't changed. You
0: guys had to reshuffle the defense a little bit and you have
1: Canna playing third base for the first time in a while. Just what went through your head when you saw him field that first-round ball As soon as he caught it, I was like, oh, thank God. Because I knew he was going to be able to throw him out. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, you know, that's a perfect example of, you know, you know, Mark stepping up and, you know, never playing third base. He's got to play third base and, you know, he gets the, you know, he's going to get action. And, um, you know, he, he came through for us. So, um, you know, just an opportunity for somebody else to continue to do something. So we need it. We need everybody in this clubhouse to be able to uh, play at their best in order for us to win. And, you know, unfortunately tonight we weren't able to get the W, but we played really good ball as a whole.
0: Buck
1: was saying there's a lot of volunteers in the dugout to go play third. Were you in that? Like, were you not in the conversation? Were you there listening to people? No, I'm nowhere near uh, <laughs> the dugout. They're
0: in uh, you know, between innings. I'm up, I'm up in my little corner. And there you have it, Max summing up the night for him. Uh, like I said, wasn't a horrible game, just a tough one to lose. Tough, tough one to lose. Diaz pitched great, Scherzer pitched great. Uh, just one of those games that you just sometimes just don't win. Now, Friday's night, Friday night's matchup between the Mets and Phillies was as neck and neck as they come, as I've been saying. When the Phillies scored a run off Max Scherzer in the first, the two sides traded putting zeros on the scoreboard for seven straight innings, sending the game to extra innings where the Phillies eventually pulled out a 2-1 win on an Alec Baum sack fly. Now, in that game so tightly contested, every play and every decision mattered. And when Starling Marte was thrown out at the home plate to end the inning, the entire feel of the game changed. Now here's the situation. With runners on the corners and one out in the bottom of the ninth and the score deadlock at 1-1, the Mets sent Daniel Vogelbach to the plate as a pinch hitter. Vogelbach hit a sinking line drive to left off Sir Anthony Dominguez, but Matt Vierling sped in to make the catch. Now despite Vierling making the catch in shallow left, Marte look, looked off for third base. So De- then delivered a strong throw home and Marte was tagged out in a bang-bang play at the plate. Now just like that, the Mets went from a potential walk-off to sending all the momentum back to the Phillies. After the game, Buck Showalter explained that Marte was tagging up and trying to score the right play. Uh, Showalter said, I haven't asked Cora or Starling yet. It was a good send. Make him throw him out. Guy made a good play. Now, Marte was also asked about the play after the game. And he confirmed that he and Cora were in agreement to trying to score the game-winning run in that situation. Marte, via a translator, said the anticipation was to go home on a play like that. The situation of the game. The way it was, it was a fly ball. It really just came down to a player making a perfect throw at that point, and it's what ended up happening. They were both in agreement with the situation. Uh, If it plays out, that's what they were going to do, and that's what ended up happening. So, again, a bang-bang play, anything can happen. The Mets liked their chances at the time, but it just did not work out. Now, one result of the game yesterday was we suffered a couple injuries. Uh, A pair of starters, actually, on Friday night, forcing Buck Showalter to scramble to find replacements. First third baseman Edwell Escobar was pinch hit by Louie Guillorme in the second inning. Escobar had a couple of tough plays at third, including a Reese Hopkins sharply hit ball that appeared to get a piece of Showalter later told the broadcast crew that Escobar left with a side injury, and the Mets then provided more clarity, saying Escobar felt left side tightness and that he will undergo go further imaging. They did an ultrasound, and then they went and did an MRI on Escobar, trying to get ahead on what are... My, they might have to do come tomorrow so once they get the test back I guess the Mets will be deciding on what direction they go it's tough to tell quickly what these injuries entail and how long they might be and then to start the top of the third inning McNeil was pulled from the game at second base McNeil awkwardly slid to try to avoid a Hoskins tag earlier in the game Schalter explained later that McNeil needed two or three stitches with what the Mets classified the injury as a right thumb laceration Walter said, we're still getting arms around it. Uh, the laceration of McNeil, I guess Hoskins stepped on him. He doesn't know. And uh, it looks like they're going to try and get all the information they can to make a good decision on what to do. And I, I probably Billy Epler and company are probably doing all these what-if scenarios. Now, just to note, infielders... Gosuki Kato and Devin Marrero were pulled from AAA Syracuse game, so they could be options to join the big club. With the injuries, may moved from third to second, which forced Mark Canna to move to, from left field to play third. And Canna made just his fifth big league appearance at third base and first since 2016. And Canna looked okay at third base. Uh, they had a lot of guys volunteering, uh, rumor has it, and it was a good feeling to see that any player is willing to step up and take the position. Uh, when the team needs him. Uh, Kanna did make a couple good plays on the first and third and the ball right at him. And it looks like he's prepared. And he, who knows, maybe we'll see more Canna at third base in the coming weeks or so. We shall see. Now, you know who made a return for the Mets yesterday? To, not for the Mets, but to City Field as a Philadelphia Philly. It was Noah Syndergaard. Now, it's been 313 days since Noah Syndergaard pitched for the Mets. It's been even longer since he stepped on the mound at Citi Field, but Friday he was back in Flushing for only this time in the dugout, across from where he spent his first seven seasons in the major leagues. And Syndergaard even said, It really hasn't sunk in yet. I'm taking it all in. It's awesome to see the staff and the guys on the other side. Should be a really exciting series. Now, the 29-year-old said he has been able to catch up with some of the players he grew close to with the Mets, including DeGrom, Carrasco, and Nito, along with the team's medical performance staff. He said, it's great witnessing and seeing their success from a distance. I still root for those guys on the other side. It's been a whirlwind of emotions, but I think this move is going to be good for me. The move guard is referring to is returning to the East Coast after being traded from the LA Angels to the Phillies at the trade deadline. Prior to that, the six-foot-six. Starter signed a one-year, $21 million deal with the Angels in the offseason, leaving the Mets in free agency. However, Syndergaard has not had the bounce-back season he was hoping for. After missing all of 2020 and most of 2021 due to Tommy John surgery, Syndergaard languished in L.A., posting a 5-8 record with 3.83 ERA over 15 starts. But now, a new team means a new start for Syndergaard and he hopes to make the most of it. The return to Queens, he hopes, is the start of a new chapter of the bewildering way he left only the team he knew in the majors. On Friday, the pitcher finally dove into the reason why he did. He said, part of the reason why I made the move to the Angels on the West Coast, that energy could make New York so great and positive, could also bite you in the butt a little bit. Especially with what I'm going through right now, a dip in velocity, still trying to ride on location and mixing things up. Now, I feel like I was going to do that playing here. Everything would be highlighted. That was a big fear of mine. Syndergaard says that he wanted to get his bearings underneath him after pitching just two innings in two years prior to this season, and getting back to feeling like his old self. Pitching with the Angels, Syndergaard said he felt there were only three reporters there, and a lot of different from, and it was a lot different from the cutthroat feeling of playing in New York, which was a lot to deal with when he was just getting back from a major injury. Now, in Philadelphia, Syndergaard sees a lot of similarities between the passionate fan bases and there's no regrets in leaving the team in free agent agency, seeing how well the Mets are playing this season. In fact, Syndergaard feels returning to a big market like Philly will help him develop even further. You can have good stress and bad stress, he said. It's going to get, at, get me out of my comfort zone and the pressure and excitement of playing in a big market is where I thrive and embrace when I was playing here. I feel like it's going to take my game to the next level. The Mets plan to play a video tribute for sending the guard before the game, and he hopes there's a positive reception from the fans. But like the rest of us, he'll just have to wait and see when the Mets open a three-game series, which they did last night against Philly. <laughs> now here is Thor himself uh, basically saying what I said. But you can hear it in his own voice.
2: Kind of a, a whirlwind of emotions, but uh, I think this move's going to be really good for me. Is it weird? back here so soon? Uh, yeah, still hasn't really sunk in yet. I'm still taking it all in. Um, it's awesome seeing the guys and the staff on the other side. Um, should be a really exciting series. Um, I'm glad to be uh, playing for a team that's got uh, hopes and a shot of playing for a World Series. So, um, yeah, it's still only a couple days in, but I feel like I've meshed really well with the guys. The clubhouse is amazing. Uh, the staff is awesome. So, I look forward to this journey. Who have you been able to say hi to so far? You for the, on the other side? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys still left over there when I was around, but the DeGrom, Cookie, uh, Nito, um, I was really close to guys in their, their medical performance staff, so I was able to, to see them. Um, but um, it's great witnessing to see their success from a, from a distance. Um, I still root for those guys. I mean, on the other side. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Does it make it easier to walk into a clubhouse and see Zach, someone you're already familiar with? Uh, yeah, that was, that was awesome being reunited with, with Wheeler. Um, he's having a tremendous year. He's having a lot of success with the Phillies. Um, and he's just a happy guy, so I'm happy for him.
1: How are you feeling at this point in the season?
2: Uh, my health is great. Um, from my understanding, I think part of the reason why I still made the move to the, to the Angels to the West Coast, it's just because that energy that can make New York so great and, and positive can also kind of bite you in the butt a little bit. And especially with what I'm going through right now. Um, a little dip in velocity. I'm still trying to have to rely on location and mixing things up. Um, and I feel like if I was doing that, playing here, everything would just be highlighted. That was kind of like a, a big fear of mine. So that's another reason why went over to the West Coast so I could kind of get my bearings underneath me and get back to feeling like the old cellar. How would you say the energy from is in Philly to what you experienced in New York? Um, From the the short bit that I've played there so far, I mean, both fans are super passionate. They expect greatness and I just admire just the fan base from both sides of just their grit and tenacity and uh, one of the the many reasons why fell in love with New York so much. It's just the, the, the mass amounts of culture and, and history And Philadelphia offers that the, the, the same amount of that. You mentioned that energy sometimes can be positive, sometimes it bites in the butt. What, what comes to mind when instances of fighting? Um, I mean, it's just like you you walk into the an Angel's Clubhouse and there's only like three reporters there. Um, and most of them are Japanese, so they don't really speak a lot of English so um, I, you know everything's just heightened it's pretty pretty cutthroat playing in, in New York um, I feel like I did a pretty good job at the last six years even though it was for, for the last two managing it and embracing it um, but it, it's just a lot when you're trying to get back from an injury yeah, we'll, oh. If I have any regrets of leaving. Um, no, I don't have any regrets. Um, it's just brought me to where I am now. It's just a crazy journey. Um, and I really enjoyed my time with the Angels, but uh, I'm really confident in the staff here to, to get me where I need to be.
0: And there you have it. Thor in his own words. What a character. I like Thor as I met. He was very entertaining. Sometimes a little outspoken and sometimes a little weird. But he meant well, and uh, he was a gamer, he was a gamer, and uh, wishing him well with the Phillies, except when uh, he's pitching against the Mets, I guess. Now, Mike Piazza, a very popular Met, one of the most popular of all time, says there's no question the 2022 Mets can beat anybody. Uh, He was a member of the Mets' 1999 NLCS squad and 2000 World Series teams. So the 12-time All-Star catcher and former New York star from '98 to 05 knows a contender when he sees one. His take on the 22 Mets ahead of this weekend series against the Phillies uh, carried some weight. Uh, as Piazza said, "I think they're a very good ball club, and I think there's a lot doing a lot of things right, and I'm excited about the ability and the bounce back after a couple of hurdles this year." But look, the playoffs are another season of themselves, and I think that we try to do is keep the momentum up till the end of the year. It is important. It is a little different with the wild card and the playoff teams if you get a bye. I believe in the first round, you still have to take all this into account. But look, if you play the game the way they're playing the game, there's no question they can beat anybody. And you, just number one, have to stay healthy. Number two, have to continue to do the things that a good team does. Play together, pick each other up. The bullpen has to stay strong. So I think now the mission is hopefully having a strong finish and putting themselves in a good position to go deep into October. The Mets entered Friday with a seven-game lead in the NL East, fueled by last weekend's four or five win series over the Braves. And Piazza said, yeah, I know it's funny. I did see Larry Chipper Jones a few weeks ago, and we were talking about the old times. I see Smoltz and look forward to playing golf with those guys soon. I mean, yeah, and we had some history. It's a very cool rivalry. It's very special in baseball, obviously, in divisional rivalry, as is Philadelphia, as is with most of the teams. There's not one team that's going to lay down for this team because I think a lot of the other teams want to prove and sort of obviously be spoiler. I mean, that's something that this team is going to have to rise to that challenge as well down the stretch. But you've seen what they can do when they're healthy and they're playing well together. And they have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of versatility on offense, guys that swing the bat. Obviously, the starting pitching, healthy, has been amazing. So that's what you've got to do. It's just to keep it going and hopefully they have that good momentum going into the off season. So Mike uh, kind of nailed it. That's how most of us all feel, that this team can do it. Uh, Again, it's a different scenario once the playoff comes. But if you ask me, this Met Ball Club was built for the playoffs with their power pitching and timely hitting and wearing pitchers down. It's looking good right now. And you know what else is looking good right now? This podcast. Uh, We're doing one just about every day for you. So if you want to subscribe and be alerted every time one is ready for you, please do. Your favorite carrier will notify you when one is up, a new one is up. And if you're not a subscriber to the baseball group New York Mets Baseball Way of Life, what are you waiting for? It's the sister companion to this great podcast, so do check it out. And uh, as always, let's delve into some of what's going on in that baseball group. We always start off by telling you what the trivia and Jeopardy questions were every day on here. And I know you guys like that. So here we go. Here's the trivia question today. The, the Last time the Mets turned the triple play on August 24, 2014 versus the Dodgers, who hit the triple play for LA? And the second clue, uh, second thing we do is Jeopardy, and the two Jeopardy clues are on May 26, 2009, he was traded to the Mets and was added to the Major League roster. On June 22, 2009, he was designated for assignment, and he wore number four as a Met. Who is that person? Let's hear you. Let us hear you. And in the group we also mentioned on this date in 2003, after missing nearly three months with a groin injury, Mike Piazza makes a dramatic return to New York lineup as he homers and drives in five runs on Italian night at Chase Stadium. Backstops three for five performance, scooting a home run for the third inning, RBI single in the 4th and a two-run single in the 7th contributed to the Mets 9-2 victory over the Giants. And on this date in 2002, warring Mets co-owners Fred Wilpon and Nelson Doubleday finally complete their deal to transfer full ownership of the team to Wilpon within the next 30 days. But Doubleday will question the valuation of the team by the independent arbitrator and the transaction will not be resolved until the fall. And on this date in 2010, R.A. Dickey baffled the Phillies with his knuckleball, throwing a complete game one-hitter for the Mets, second shutout in two nights, and their fourth consecutive shutout of the Phillies at Citi Field, dating back to a three-game sweep in May. The only hit is by opposing pitcher Cole Hamels. The Mets run scores with two outs in the sixth on consecutive doubles by David Wright and Carlos Beltran. And what else are we talking about in the group? Well, that's always good stuff, always good stuff. Uh, when I asked you are the Mets GM, what contract would you offer Jacob DeGrom at the end of the season? We had some great answers. Uh, Don Lobb says he is so injury prone recently that I might be hesitant, but I say, give him what it will take him to be a lifelong man, hope he stays injury free or relatively so. Sometimes you have to take a chance. That is, This is one of those times. Robert Hayboyer says four years, 200 million just because of his age and injuries. Don Kecko said incentive heavy. Eulio Forsina says four years, 180 million. Steve Scanlon said give him Scherzer contract plus incentives. Warren Handy, a one year deal for a bunch of incentives. Win extension if you could stay healthy. Gary Albert, three years, 100 million. Miguel A. Rivera III, five years, 205 million. So everyone's got an opinion. And, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Mets do. Uh, and Mike Freed said the picture doesn't do it any justice. About last night's game on Apple TV, the picture he showed on the, on the Facebook group, he still still looks brilliant. But in general, the Apple TV picture is sharpest and clearest I've seen. Everything just pops. Sound excellent, announcer. Sounds excellent, also. I should say, announcers a little better tonight. Don't let Apple know. Yeah, it was. I was happy with the the broadcast yesterday. They're a work in progress, but yeah, the visuals on that are fantastic. And then we had a picture of the Newsday back page 35 years ago, and Terry Leach uh, ups his winning streak. Good memories, good memories. Uh, And a lot of good statistical data. Did you know that the most strikeouts by a Met pitcher in his first 15 games with the club is now held by Max Scherzer with 120 this year? He's second. He passed the second place man, Pedro Martinez, who had 117 in 2005, and Dwight Gooden, who had 113. And how about the Met war leaders for this year? The leader, Francisco Lindor, 5.0, Brandon Nimmo, 3.5, Jeff McNeil, 3.5, and Pete Alonzo, 3.1. Then we also know that over just 15 starts this season, Max Scherzer has recorded a 3.1 F war. Only five National League pitchers have posted a higher war and last night was just the sixth time since 1962 was just the sixth time since 1962 the Phillies and the Mets each while playing each other were 13 games over 500 and that hasn't happened since September 7 2008. Then we also noted that since Matt Scherzer returned from the IL on July 5th Mets starters have posted 2.25 ERA That's the lowest ERA of any starting pitching staff in the Major Leagues during that span. The Dodgers are second with a 2.79 ERA. And we also noted that the Mets have won or tied each of their last 15 series against the East. That's the third longest streak by a team to start a season since MLB implemented divisions in 1969. It's the longest since the Braves went 16 straight to start the 1999 season. Of course, the Mets will have to win their next two games to keep that streak alive. Let's see if they can do it with the Phillies today and tomorrow. And now we'll conclude our podcast by giving you the answers to the Mets trivia and Jeopardy questions of the day. The trivia question again was, the last time the Mets turned the triple play on August 24, 2014, versus the Dodgers? Who hit the triple play for LA? Well, the correct answer is Matt Kemp. Congrats to John Tierney on being the first to submit the correct answer. And yesterday's final Jeopardy, On May 26, 2009, he was traded to the New York Mets and was added to the Major League roster. On June 22, 2009, he was designated for assignment, and he wore number four as a Met. The correct response to yesterday's final Met Jeopardy is, who is Wilson Valdez? And guess who got it right? Yep, John Tierney. Way to go, John. And uh, that's going to conclude another podcast for today. I want to thank you guys for listening. And don't forget, tonight it's Aaron Noah versus Jacob DeGrom. Should be a beauty. And that's on WPIX at 7 p.m. tonight. And we'll be back here to talk all about it tomorrow. So check in tomorrow, and we're going to have a blast. Let's go Mets. Enjoy your day.